Welcome back to What You Will Learn. My name is Adam Ashton. And my name is Adam Jones. Today, we're taking you through the best bits of The Peter Principle by Lawrence J. Peter, Why Things Always Go Wrong. <laughs> it's an interesting title, isn't it? Why Things Always Go Wrong. Well, The Peter Principle is obviously written by Lawrence Peter. So, he's made his own principle here, you know, like Moore's Law and uh, all these other sort of uh, eponymous laws. And The Peter Principle is one of those. And basically, to sum it up, he says that the great work that you're doing right now will eventually get you noticed by the top dogs and they're going to give you a promotion, but then you're going to get promoted into a job that you can't do. Mm. And uh, this will answer the question why sometimes you'll be at your workplace and the people at the top of the hierarchy and some of the people around you, they're so bloody incompetent. <laughs> it can might just baffle you. It's baffled me sometimes. And this is something that the Peter Principle can explain. Yeah, the Peter Principle says that every member of a hierarchy, obviously in this in this case like a career or a workplace hierarchy, uh, eventually they rise to their level of incompetence. So basically you're competent, you keep getting promotions until you hit the point where you're no longer competent and that's why you kind of look around and wonder why everybody sucks at their job. <laughs> <laughs> Big old doc, Dr. Lawrence Peter, he says that you know at the start of his career, he always got taught that the top dogs, they knew what they were doing. And he was always taught that the more you know, the further you go. So that was kind of his goal. He's got his freshly printed teaching certificate and he thought he wanted to do as best as possible so he could know as much as possible so that he could go as far as possible. And so he finished college and headed out into the real world for his first real job. Probably something implicitly that we all believe or taught in certain ways. The more you know, the further you go. Something we all believe. But when it comes to uh, Lawrence Peter... When he was in his first year of teaching, he was quite upset to find that the number of teachers and the principals, the supervisors, the superintendents, they appeared to be totally unaware of their professional responsibilities. They totally sucked. They were completely <laughs> incompetent in ex- executing their duties. That's right. You think you, you, I rocking up to your first job, you'd be excited to work with some oh, yeah. superstars. They've been around the kicking it a lot longer than you, right? Well, he thought the principal, obviously, the principal was the, the top of the top. It, they've climbed up the the hierarchy. So, you'd think they'd be the best of the best. Mm. But then he realized that the principal at his school, he had this weird, absurd, unhealthy obsession with the height of the window shades in all the classrooms. So, he, the principal said that every window shade in every room has to be at the exact same level. So, generally, every afternoon, the principal would just do laps of the corridors <laughs> looking into the classrooms. And if he saw a... Uh, uh, a window shade that was an inch or two off, he'd probably go in, he'd give the, the teacher a blast and adjust the window shade until everything was at the perfect line. Insane bloke. He wanted to see a consistent line across every single window shade in every single bloody classroom. A little bit OCD here. It's not the worst thing in the world to be obsessed about. It might provide a little marginal value to the <laughs> work day or the student's day. Probably not. <laughs> but you'd really hope that the school principal would be focusing their time on a lot more important things going yeah. on rather than just monitoring these this minor little thing. Yeah, you'd think that there might be some more important things than spending half an hour every day checking the height of the window shades. You'd think that the principal should have more important things, but clearly it seems like that principal has found that level of incompetence. They've done really well to get promoted, but now they're at a point where they just don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, and the principal sucked. And Lawrence thought, all right, this bloke is a one-off. Surely my next job's going to be a bit different. So he went into a new job in another city, filled out this, all the special forms and closed the required documents. He jumped through all the bureaucratic hoops and all the bullshit red tape in his mailing process. And a few weeks later, this is probably something we can all relate to, the package came back to him in the mail with all the original documents included. 
And this was this was kind of weird because they they said to him there was nothing wrong with his credentials, there was nothing wrong with his experience. He'd filled out all the forms correctly. They'd received it, they'd reviewed it, they'd sent it back to him. And in the letter, they said, uh, "Sorry, sir, the new regulations state that we can't accept forms unless the post office has registered this post first to ensure that it gets to us all in one piece." <laughs> now, if you, now, if you think about it, hang logic. on, it's got there. They've sent it back, but they said you can only send it back to us if you've registered, just to make sure that we get it and don't lose it. <laughs> But they already, they already had it. <laughs> so very, the logic's just ridiculous. Whoever came up with that idea, so, so it started to turn out the incompetence just wasn't limited to the principal at that old school. The more he looked in every organisation, every occupation, there's incompetence everywhere. I got one on the, I think I, you know all about. It. I forget what Australia Post it was, but um, I looked at the the map of where it'd been, the parcel. <laughs> I ordered. That's right. I ordered a jumper from SpaceX. I'm a bit of a Elon fan, <laughs> I've never seen you wear that. You well, wear that on recording well, it's days. It's because the competence of someone else it never arrived here. I, I saw it bouncing around all across the bloody state. Yeah. Now, just where the hell is this thing? It's gone on a journey, pretty much to Mars and back. Maybe that was the whole point. Of it. Maybe that was a point. For for mine, uh, we ordered a new like a little side cupboard thing from Kmart Southland. Uh, this was during during Melbourne's record lockdown, and so we ordered it for delivery. And instead of getting delivered, it was four suburbs away. And instead of delivering it four suburbs away, they sent it to the post processing facility in another state, and then it came back. Jesus! <laughs> it took like it took like you know four weeks when it probably could have taken forty minutes if someone had it literally chucked in the back of their car and just drove it down the road and back. Insane incompetence, absolutely everywhere you look, isn't it? Like I think it was. With you, Ash Joe, we coffee snobs here in Melbourne. That um coffee home oh, I shouldn't name it, should I? <laughs> Forty eight South, a beautiful cafe. Let's just say it's the one next to <laughs> next to that one. But I uh, ordered a half almond latte, so half milk almond latte, and mm. they gave me a full milk oh, yeah. cappuccino. <laughs> Look, what That's happened right. here? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You wanted half the milk? A latte and you want an almond milk and they got all three wrong. They gave you full milk, cow's milk and a cappuccino. <laughs> <laughs> Someone was clearly incompetent there. So generally you find that people, uh, if they're not incompetent to begin with, so if they do their job well, they, they tend to rise through the ranks but eventually hit their level of incompetence. So some people are hitting their level of incompetence at the start of their career. Some people are making their way up and then hitting it. Like the principal, they've obviously climbed a couple of rungs on the ladder and then become incompetent. In, in Australia, it's probably the same around the world, whether it's soccer or whatever code that you follow. But for our AFL um, code, the best three footballers of an era was James Hurd, uh, Nathan Buckley and Michael Voss. They were by far the best three. I think they all won the Brownlow Best Player in the League Award. Mm. So, of course, they were touted as the next best coaches. When they were, people got fired, they said, oh, who's going to be the next best coach to step into place? They said, oh, they're the best three most competent players. <laughs> yeah. They got promoted to AFL coaches, yeah. all promoted to their level of incompetence That's because right. they've all been booted since <laughs> uh, since then and n- none of them had success as a coach. And one was pretty responsible for like, the biggest drug cheating scandal in, in Australian sporting history as well. So oh, All three were shockers, really. <laughs> oh, Bucks made it to a grand final. Nah, yeah. You, yeah. Get, you, got, you got the boot then. But basically, they, they were super competent as junior players. They got selected for the best rep team, so they got their little promotion there. They then got picked for the big leagues. They got their promotion. They got the promotion to being captain. Uh, and then again, they excelled again, so they got the promotion to being coach. 
and that's when they became incompetent. So you can climb uh, a whole bunch of rungs on the ladder being extremely, extremely competent until you hit your max. So this is the Peter Principle. He finds that sooner or later, it's going to happen to every employee <laughs> on the hierarchy. Let's do a hypothetical case study. Let's say we're working at a pill rolling factory here. The pill roller supervisor dies, so sort of managing the troops on the ground a little bit here. They need to find a replacement supervisor. So obviously, if you're looking for a new supervisor, the best place to look is you're going to find the best you know, staff member. So who's the best pill roller? Then you think they're going to become the pill rolling supervisor. So you look at Miss Oval, Mrs. Cylinder, Mr. Ellipse, Mr. Cube. They've all shown that they can't roll a proper spherical pill. So they've made some kind of serious serious stuff ups over their time. So they're deemed incompetent. The only person who is actually a decent pill roller is Mr. Sphere. And so they say, okay, Mr. Sphere, you're a good pill roller. Now you're going to become pill roller supervisor. Let's say he's doing a pretty good job as the pill roller supervisor. Quite competent. Now, when the head of operation leaves and uh, moves on, what they're going to do is promote the next most competent supervisor to be chosen as the new head of operations. So, Mr. Sphere was a pretty good supervisor, but if he sucked and was incompetent, he's not going to get promoted. He's just going to be living in the level of incompetence as a supervisor. <laughs> That's right. So, either you kind of got two options. If you suck, you've hit your level of incompetence, you're not going to move up, you're just going to be stuck where you are at as incompetent or if you're good and you're competent, you move up, get a promotion, move up, get a promotion, eventually you're going to hit your level of incompetence and that's when you can't get a promotion anymore and that's when you get stuck at your level of shitness. And this, luckily, it explains all the incompetence in the world and why sometimes (laughs) when you order a half-armed latte, you get a full (laughs) milk cappuccino which tastes pretty awful as even as that. And it also means... uh, if you look in the mirror, might mean, <laughs> might mean you as well. <laughs> that's right. So, the Peter principle is that in a hierarchy, every employee tends to rise to their level of incompetence, which kind of means one of two things for you. Either you're stuck at your level of incompetence now, or it won't be too long until you get that promotion to the job that you can no longer do. Dr. Lawrence Peter created, he's a pretty funny dude. He created his new field of hierarchology, and this is the study of the hierarchy. So, in looking at this uh, whole field he's really created, um, in this case, we're going to look at the school system, in which, of course, he was a part of, as we know, and it's going to show how the Peter Principle works within the teaching uh, profession. So, this example can be really extrapolated and applied to every hierarchy in every single establishment. Yeah. So, the first layer of the hierarchy is your classroom teacher. Fresh out of uni, that's the first job you land in. And really, you're either going to be competent or incompetent. So, as we say, if you're incompetent, that's where you stay. You stay for the rest of your career as an incompetent classroom teacher. Uh, For example, he's got here uh, Dorothy D. Ditto. He calls her the conformist. What she did was she was great at, you know, conforming to rules as a student, as a, you know, she did what she had to do. She probably plagiarized a couple of essays, probably just copied out the textbook word for word and she passed her tests. And her promotion from a competent student to a competent uh, college student, she got enough to get the promotion to the teacher, but once she hit teacher level, she was just really teaching the way she learned, which was just reading out the textbook, which is a pretty shit teacher, and that's where she stayed. She's an incompetent classroom teacher for the rest of her days. Yeah, so she she really sucked compared to the rest of them. Most people, when they begin their careers, they're good enough that they're at least going to get one promotion up the hierarchy. Um, so, let's say if they do. So, let's say if they get a promotion to level two and... For this example, we've got Mr. Beaker. 
He was a popular student, became a popular science teacher, kept the lab in order. His jokes weren't too bad for a teacher. His kids loved going to his class. He wasn't great at paperwork, but his weakness was well and truly offset by how good he was just as a teacher and the results and improvements his students started to get on their exams because he was a superstar. That's right. So they looked around and they said, okay, Mr. Baker is a really good science teacher. Everybody's exam marks seem to be going up if they go to his class. So when they were looking for the head of the science department, let's go Mr. Baker. So kind of now his job has evolved a little bit. It's, it's changed. He's taken his step up, but he doesn't just have to teach classes anymore. He now has to order all the, the chemicals and he's got all the equipment. He's got to keep extensive records. Uh, as the head of the science department. So now his competence is on full display. Yeah, as he got promoted, the set of tasks that he had to do were entirely different in his new his new role. There's an old just saying that we've all heard before. You have to be a good follower to be a good leader. Peter Principle says that's bullshit, actually. <laughs> it does. It, because uh, if you think about it, if there's only two levels of a, a hierarchy, you've got your leaders, you've got your followers. To get a promotion to being a leader, then you're going to find the best follower. But then when you get the promotion to a leader, being a good follower doesn't matter anymore. Your job mm. has completely changed. So when you take that step up, your job really shifts. So you're kind of promoting people based on a skill set that isn't really relevant to the new job. This is an all too common trap. When you're looking to give someone a promotion, you look at the best person at the lower rank. The issue is that the job completely changes mm. and being the best at the lower rank is entirely different. It's got nothing to do or no not even an indication for how well they're going to perform the next rung up the ladder. That's right. So the next rung up, we've got B. Lunt. He did well as a student, did well as a teacher, did well as a head of a department. So when they're looking for a new principal, they're looking for all the best heads of departments. They find the best one, the most competent, give them a promotion. But now they become a principal and the job completely shifts again. Now, it's, it's no longer about ordering Bunsen burners and managing the, the, the chemicals budget. Now, he actually has to deal with a whole bunch of different stakeholders. They've got to deal with the school board. They've got to deal with the district superintendent of education. They've got to deal with government authorities. And it's really a lot about politics. And suddenly, the job of classroom teacher is way different to the job of principal. Yeah, teaching a class of students, entirely different thing to just trying to do this political maneuvering on behalf of the school as the, as the principal. There was one day he, uh, big old B. Lunt, he thought, well, one of the teachers, they went home sick and B. Lunt said, well, I kind of miss being a classroom teacher. I'm going to fill in for the afternoon. Turns out he missed the board meeting though because he was in the classroom and basically the school board's like, mate, what the hell are you doing? You're the principal. You've missed a big board meeting. Uh, you've missed a parent-teacher association meeting. You've missed the uh, meeting for the all these other committees you're supposed to be on because you're too busy being a, a teacher. Mm. And so they said, well, you're a pretty incompetent principal. So now for the rest of his career, he's just stuck as a shit principal. Yeah, still pretty high up the hierarchy, but has reached the level of incompetence. But let's say there's someone else who went that step further, G. Spender. She was a competent student, English teacher, department head, assistant principal, principal, then worked competently as the assistant superintendent for six years and was promoted to superintendent. So, an absolute big dog here. And the, the problem was though, now that the job has shifted again. So, she started out as, the, as an English teacher and then became head of the English department. But now as a superintendent, her job revolves largely around managing million-dollar budgets for all the different schools in her district. And so, it's kind of 
well, not kind of, it's completely shifted like her job now. Uh, it's a long way from that English teacher to be now managing finances and budgets uh, across the whole school district. It wasn't really a job that she was trained to do, probably wasn't really a job that she wanted to do, but because she was so competent at all of her other jobs, she kept climbing to the point where she's now incompetent. Okay, so as we're moving up the hierarchy, whatever it might be, it's uh, sounding pretty inevitable with the Peter <laughs> Principle. At some stage, you're going to suck at what you do because the context and the skills required for your job are going to keep on changing. At some stage, it's going to get all too much and you're just going to stay put, aren't you? That's right. You eventually, uh, you're going to climb so high that your job's going to change so differently that you're eventually going to suck at it. Uh, so, big old Peter, he thought, okay, well, what are some of the potential cures here? One he calls is the Peter's prophylactics. So, a prophylactic, as you know, a bit of a preventative measure so things don't go wrong. He says that this is, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know how well this would go down, but he says that this is a strategy to deliberately avoid promotion. So, that you're, mm-hmm. you're happy in your job, you want to be a classroom teacher, you're happy being a classroom teacher, you love teaching kids, you don't want to be the head of the department to have to do all this other paperwork and shit. So, you just <laughs> every now and then make a few mistakes, you know, give the appearance that you're kind of trying to get a promotion that you want to do well, but every now and then make some kind of stuff up that doesn't really matter, but just makes you look a bit shit. <laughs> <laughs> a bit different to a few of the other books we've read. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> but the whole point here is creative incompetence. You could be quite selective with the tasks you're going to be incompetent at. Um, you don't have to detract from your actual work. You can keep your competence there and be productive for the organization if that's your goal you want to be productive in your career slip up in a few areas like maybe don't shave miss a few buttons yeah. don't put your tie on smudge a bit of lipstick on your tooth uh all sorts of things maybe don't wear sh- uh you probably need to wear shoes yeah. but <laughs> smell a bit all that sort of stuff and they're gonna go we're not gonna promote yeah. old jonesy over there he's Stinks. That's right. Maybe you don't spell your name properly on a form or something. Just, you know, for 99% of the time, do your job perfectly, but just that 1%, do some real stupid stuff up and they'll think, no, we're never going to promote this person. And really, in the end, you you kind of remain happy doing the job that you're good at and that you want to do. The second solution is uh, Peter's palliatives. So, of course, a palliative is when you're on the brink of of death, really, and then someone just... um, (laughs) Gives you that care just before you you end it all, pretty <laughs> that's, much. That's right. It's a pretty so, morbid metaphor. This is obviously if you've already hit your level of incompetence. If you look in the mirror and say, "Oh shit, this is me here. Oh, this, this Peter Principle, it's come true, and that's me." You can kind of really more reality. You're not looking in the mirror and <laughs> saying, you're pointing at someone else right now. Everyone that's listening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but if you realise you've bitten off more than you can chew, there's obviously you're going to think, "Man, I suck at my job." You're probably going to skip coffee breaks. You're going to stay late. You're going to start early. You're going to cancel your holidays. You're going to work through lunch. You're going to drive yourself mercilessly. You're going to take home work. You know, going to work weekends, work evenings. But really, it's all for nothing because you're going to suck. So he says, mm. uh, instead, what you should be doing is what he calls a bit of substitution. So you kind of switch the job you're doing. So, it's like our principal from the start. He sucked as being a principal, but he was a superstar at managing windows, <laughs> window shade coverings and making sure they're all at the same level. So, you just kind of change your job a little bit and do something a little bit different that you actually are good at. Yeah. Or the I think it was the other teacher, the principal, I think, who started just teaching science class instead of going to the board mm-hmm. meetings. Might be, let's say, if it was our old mates, Heard, Buckley and Voss, who were the mm. AFL players, rather than coaching, you might actually just run out there with the, with the team and start kicking the ball around. 
Everyone's waiting for your coach to say something and someone else does it. Yeah, that's At least right. you're confident in what you're doing. This is another good way to do a bit of substitution is just like every six months, just jump to a new team or a new division or a new secondment. You're like, people see you as a bit of a superstar. You kind of can ride on that, uh, that status and just jump to a different division. Everyone's going to give you the benefit of the doubt. The first two, three months, you're still learning. When it gets to the point where they're like, <laughs> you should probably know what you're doing by now, that's when you go for a new job. Yeah, that's, that's a good one as well. But the ultimate prescription if we're going meta across all little tactics we got here is to just simply to stop trying to climb the hierarchy because this vaultless ambition, I don't know if those two words go together, but it sounds <laughs> impressive, um, you're going to end up in a place that you don't want to be. It's probably a bit like Icarus. That's probably a better metaphor. Yeah, there you go. Because it's kind of like you're either going to, yeah, you're going to climb to a place where either you suck at it or you're going to climb to a place where you're doing something completely different from where you started your career and what you wanted to do. So maybe you're that the school teacher who's now managing budgets and you've got no interest in that. Or maybe you're the lawyer and you want to protect people, but you end up in some kind of government policy where you're trying to write new laws and trying to please all the lobbyists and all the different sides. Maybe you want to be a marine biologist. You want to save endangered species. But now, as a head of the organization, all you're doing is pitching uh, to get donations to your charity. So your job really evolves and changes from something you're good at and something you want to do to just something totally different. Yeah, that's that's absolutely it. You might start being very productive in your, uh, your, your moral ambitions to try and just do something good for the world, but you end up with your bureaucratic tape and just... Doing, you know, we're going to do bullshit jobs at some stage, or have we done it? <laughs> yeah, it's coming up. It's, it's coming, coming up. <laughs> so the, instead of climbing the hierarchy, focus on your skills and the things that you want to do, and the contribution you actually want to make in the world. Might be a bit of extra cash for that extra promotion and other status things like that. But at the end of the day, you're probably going to end up being incompetent at it and mm. not productive if you're not careful. Instead of getting caught up playing somebody else's game, instead of getting caught up just trying to climb that hierarchy just to get that next rung up, instead, just play your own game because you'll probably be amazed that you never hit that level of incompetence. You never end up doing shit that you don't want to do. You never end up doing shit that you don't reckon's any good, but you'll actually find that you've got this boundless energy and you actually have an ability to make a positive impact on the world. Mm-hmm.